It's the Big 12 Breakdown. Tyler Jones, Thomas Pritchett here with you with a look around the Big 12 Conference as we break down each and every game and go through some of the top storylines in the conference this week. And, Tom, we always begin each week with our uh, hot takes in the Big 12. And I'll start with you. Uh, give me your uh, your hot take. Uh, serve it up for me. What's, uh, what's your hot take for the Big 12 this week? Um, hot take for the Big 12 this week. That is, uh, you know, a, you know, usually I would go in the, in the, in the way of saying, you know, when I thought about this, I guess before we started the show, knowing I had to come up with a hot take, I thought about, you know, Iowa State's going to beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater. But that's not very much of a hot take considering the way Oklahoma State's played. So I'll have to go Iowa State's favorite right now, too. Yeah, by like a point and a half. So I can't even take that route. So I'm going to get a little crazier on it, and I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, that TCU is going to uh, route Texas Ooh. and make, make that uh, seven-point spread for Texas look funny. Okay. My, uh, my hot take, um, I need to take a victory lap for a moment to congratulate my Kansas Jayhawks on becoming bowl eligible. Um, and Tom, you know, n- normally most years, if Kansas were able to beat Oklahoma State, I'd be thrilled and, you know, I, I would, I'd be taunting, you know, whatever, but. It doesn't feel me, as good, does it? It, it does. It does. But for me, I'll be honest, um, it didn't matter who KU beat last week. Getting bowl eligible was, was, the, was the story. Getting a top 25 win at home, a team they hadn't beaten since 2008, you know, all that was cool. But none of it was bigger than becoming bowl eligible. To me, that was the story. So I'm happy to see my Kansas Jayhawks finally bowl eligible. And with that said, there's three games to go. And a Big 12 play for Kansas. They're sitting pretty at six and three. Um, Texas Tech this week. Texas the week following. I'll be at that game. And then K-State to conclude the year. KU, Tom, is probably going to be underdogs in all three games. I think, and, and Jalen Daniels is probably back this week for KU. I think the Jayhawks go two and one in their next three games. I think they beat Tech this week, and then they beat either Texas or K-State, and they finish out the year 8-4 and four in the regular season. To me, that's how I see things playing out. So even though Kansas is going to be an underdog in every game the rest of the way, I think they finish out winning two out of their next three to finish the regular season. So what do you think about that for a hot take? I think that's pretty good. Now, I'm more interested, would you rather be – at the Texas game and watch them beat Texas? You've already seen it happen before in person. Or would you rather see KU beat K-State? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'll say this. I think Kansas and Kansas State are going to be playing for a very long time, for many years to come. We've seen no indication that either one of them are changing conferences. We don't know how many more years Kansas and Texas are going to be playing each other. I want every single win that Kansas can get against, uh, you know, Texas and Oklahoma right now 
Um, I think I would take another Texas win again over that K-State win just because of that scenario, uh, Tom, if that makes sense. Oh, it does. You only have so many more times that you'll be able to to have a chance to beat Texas. So, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, before we get to the uh, the slate of games this week and break down kind of the league standings, uh, the realignment side of things, uh, we talked about last week, Gonzaga potentially as a suitor for the Big 12. Now reports out this week from Dan Patrick that San Diego State could accept an invite from the Pac-12. And that doesn't really change anything for the Big 12 because if they wanted San Diego State, they would have had them. They chose, you know, those four teams and could have had San Diego State if they wanted to a long time ago. So, to me, I don't think that's a big deal. But what is interesting is that the Pac-12 still does not have a TV contract. Um there's rumblings out there that the Big 12 hurt the Pac-12 when it comes to this TV contract, trying to get a deal done. And then there's still the elephant in the room of Oregon and Washington of if they're even going to stay in the Pac-12 and if they're going to the Big 10 and all this. A lot of moving parts and pieces. And you know what, Tom? Like, I don't know if the Big 12 is going to be able to add those four corner schools like we want. But what I do know is the Big 12 is in the driver's seat. They have their future secured. The Pac-12's in shambles. Um, it's, uh, it's a good time. Things aren't perfect, but I think realistically they're as good as they can be right now for this league, comparatively speaking to what the shape the Pac-12's in at the moment. I mean, yeah, top to bottom. I mean, at this point, you know, Pac-12 was kind of pulling on the scrubs. I don't know how bad it's gotten um, overall, but if you're, you know, Dan Patrick's ride and San Diego State Aztecs are going to the Pac-12, then, you know, is it completely down bad? I don't think so. I mean, geographically, it makes perfect sense. You know, you just, you, you know, your your Cali, your central-hearted L.A.-type teams are leaving. So, well, you know what? Why not just replace them with uh, San Diego State? Uh, not an overall terrible team, but not one that's going to be winning the Pac-12 if it remains anytime soon. To me, Tom, you know, as uh, the Pac-12 looks at expansion candidates and all that, San Diego State, like, okay, that's not a terrible ad. But the team that's been floated out there that I think if you're the Big 12 and you just get the laugh at the Pac-12 is if they make the move for SMU. SMU would never touch, you know, the, the Big 12 would never be interested in SMU. Um, you know, they've passed on them for so long. They would add nothing, obviously, with already having TCU in the same market and, you know, several other teams within the state of Texas and Oklahoma State not too far away in Stillwater. If that's the route that Pac-12 goes and adds SMU, good for SMU – no doubt that'd be an upgrade for them. But to me, that, that would be the, uh, the moment where we all just kind of, you know, are, are, are sitting there laughing at the PAC 12. If that, if, if they're going to go bring in SMU who the big 12's never been interested in. Yeah. And, and 
you know, it would be cool to see SMU and TCU maybe in the same conference, but at the same time, they play already. Uh, you mentioned the, you know, be over influx of Texas teams. I mean, hell, you'd have the, you know, what's TCU denomination, non denominational SMU? Uh, I don't know what they are, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I see, I don't know. I don't know what they are. SMU is Methodist. You'd have the Baptist in Waco. <laughs> you'd have the the Mormons in Provo. It would be we would have to change the name to the Holy Holy War Conference, right? And we would have problems getting beer on road football games. Uh, yeah, I mean we already had problems at Baylor. Uh, right, we don't want to go through that again. You know, no. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I don't even know if we're going to be able to get coffee uh, at BYU games. You know. You know, I wanted to say the Mormons changed the rule now where I think you can drink coffee now. I, I, I do not know. Don't, don't quote me on that. It's either it's either you can drink pop with caffeine in it or it's coffee. It's one of the two. All right. Let's look at the uh, slate of games, the Big 12 Conference this week. 11 a.m., Oklahoma taking on West Virginia. The Sooners are an eight-point favorite. They need to win this game just to get bowl eligible at this point. OU 5-4, and four, let one slip away against Baylor last week. Dylan Gabriel did not play well. Um, West Virginia has been a mess all season long. Tom, I, I expect OU to win this game, but what Dylan Gabriel are we going to see? It's been, it's been a roller coaster for this guy all year long. Yeah, I mean, an under, a roller coaster is an understatement as well. You know, I mean, from uh, coming in as, you know, shades of people saying Heisman candidate to, to now this, you know, I'm, I'm more interested to see that, you know, that if well, assuming OU wins, um, is Neil Brown going to survive another week? Is he uh, at this point, you imagine he survives the rest of the season and then gets let go after the last game. Yeah, I think at this point, Neil Brown is in for the rest of the year. I mean, at this point, yeah, what good does it do to, to you know, leave him at the airport type situation now? So, uh be interesting to see, though. OU has just uh, become the, the palace on the prairie, has essentially become the breakfast palace on the prairie, as many 11 a.m. kicks as OU is getting. Yeah. Uh, I think Bedlam's canceled next week, by the way. Uh, I, I, a quick trip guide told me I walked in. I got home from Vegas on Monday night, and I went to stopped in a quick trip to get myself a Red Bull for the next morning so I wouldn't have to stop in before work. And the guy says, he goes, I'm an OSU fan, but I heard a pretty funny joke. And he goes, uh, they're switching the kickoff time for Bedlam in a couple of weeks. It's going to be at 4 a.m. on PBS. <laughs> Uh, yeah, might as well be. Oh, man. Yeah, might as well be. Iowa State and Oklahoma State, the game's on ESPNU. Hopefully, you guys can find that on your cable provider. Um, Oklahoma State, want- an underdog, a one-point underdog. Um, this game, Tom, is going to be so ugly. Oklahoma State's got so many issues and so many injuries right now. Iowa State has no offense. Um, this this game, like, rake those leaves or, you know, 
go go do some chores or something like this game is going to be hard on the eyes. Yeah, and you know what? I was thinking about, you know, a couple weeks ago. I was like, yeah, I'll probably get back and go to that game. Uh, no, I'm I'm not going. I'm going to save the money and and save that trip to Stillwater. You know, I'm. Some, You're going to rake those leaves. Well, thank God I I don't have leaves to rake, but. If, <laughs> If I did, I would be probably raking the leaves. I will be uh, – I might even rearrange the furniture in my house just so I don't have to sit down on the, on the, in the same spot on the couch to watch this game. Oh, man. Uh, six o'clock window, K-State and Baylor. K-State is an underdog in this ball game, And, you know, you look at this Baylor team, big win against Texas Tech. Uh, and then a big win against Oklahoma, beat Kansas the week before that. Three straight wins um, for Baylor. Meanwhile, K-State coming off a loss to Texas after blowing out Oklahoma State here. I think Kansas State's a good team. I think K-State's legit. Um, Baylor, I'm not ready quite yet, Tom, I think, to buy in to this uh, three-game winning streak here. I still like K-State a little more than I do Baylor. Um, I think K-State looks like a more complete team right now. I mean, yeah, I still think this game could go either way. It is in Waco. If it was that in Manhattan, I think it could get a little bit more interesting. Um, I don't like Waco is that tough of a place to play, though. No, not necessarily, but K-State does play very well at home um, for the most part. Um, but you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, K-State, uh, drops that game at Texas after having a strong October. Um, and you know, should have, well, you know, they had the game against TCU that they should have, could have won, got their quarterbacks banged up and then Will Howard, you know, came to play. Um, but you know, it's shades of what could have been for K-State. They still are not out of it in terms of, of getting to, to Arlington and to face the other purple team. So we could still have an all-purple uh, Big 12 championship, and I think the likelihood is decent, but they will have to uh, obviously go to Waco this weekend first. Um, also in the 6 o'clock window, Kansas taking on Texas Tech. The Jayhawks likely getting Jalen Daniels back. Texas Tech uh, sitting at four and five on the season, coming off that loss to TCU last week. Um, I'm not one for moral victories, but Tech competed with TCU. They made that a competitive game that wasn't decided till you know the fourth quarter, till late in that fourth quarter. Um, I think this is going to be an old school Big Twelve shootout here. I like Kansas here, uh, but I think we're going to see a lot of points between these two teams. Uh, yeah, it's going to be the classic Big 12 shootout style. Um, it, it will be interesting to see who Tech starts at QB. Um, I know Baron Morton, the uh, kind of the uh, surprise, one of the surprises um, in the Big 12, you know, third string quarterback uh, for Tech comes out, plays really well against Oklahoma State, and then continues playing. I believe he did get hurt last week against TCU, which, surprise, surprise, they're pretty good at knocking out starting quarterbacks. So, 
Um, be really interesting to see what Tech can do, but I, I really do like KU's chances here. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Last game, the game of the weeks in all of college football. Number four TCU taking on number 18 Texas. Texas a favorite at home. And man, this is gonna be this is gonna be a dog fight. Max Duggins played great all year. TCU has looked really good on both sides of the ball. Texas, we know that they have a great offense with uh with Quinn Ewers and company, but their defense has been inconsistent here. The difference in this, I think, Tom, is for me, what I'm looking at is TCU's defense. I think they can, you know, rattle Ewers a bit, you know, cause some turnovers, you know, some stops, whatever. I trust TCU's defense a lot more than I do Texas's defense. And I think that's the difference in this ballgame why TCU wins. Yeah, and they very well could. I, I think TCU has a great shot at it. And, you know, I already told you that my hot take of the week is that I think. TCU routes them, um, and that's, you know, picking that hot take mainly because I think they could do it. Not that they 100% will, but, I, you know, I'll do my victory lap next week if if that comes true. I mean, TCU has a lot of firepower. We've seen how Texas chokes it away in the second half or just outright just a stupid play calling down the stretch. So uh, until Texas can show me anything different, like uh, this is, you know, this is one of those that I – would wouldn't actually bet money on. I, I do like TCU to cover for sure and maybe just outright obviously win the game and maybe by a lot more than seven. So let's uh let's look here at the the standings. TCU if they went out, obviously they win the league and they'd be on the college football playoff. They still have a shot at the playoff even if they lose a game. They're the Big 12's only hope of making the playoff at this point. But then beyond that, who they'll face in the Big 12 title game, I mean, mathematically, you have, what, five teams all still a shot, technically with a shot, that are not eliminated, Texas, Baylor, K-State, KU, and Oklahoma State. All are still mathematically uh, in contention to go to the Big 12 title game at this point. And – you know, there's a lot of tiebreakers and stuff that are just way over my head here. Um, I honestly don't know. It's going to be TCU and then Texas, Baylor, K-State, KU, Oklahoma State, whatever it may be. I don't know who TCU is going to face in that title game, Tom. It, it feels like it's it's TCU and then it's everybody else right now. Right. I mean, it's up for grabs for sure. And, you know, I, I – would be interested to see a TCU-Texas rematch um, even after this week's game, um, depending on if it's close or not. So, uh, I mean, it could really be anybody. And, and the way that Duggan has that offense rolling, you know, I, I, at this point I'd say it doesn't matter, but I've been wrong before. Yeah. Um, and maybe if uh, – if TCU loses this week, that might pretty much guarantee that they do meet in a couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, the way that it would, you know, would end up being set up. I don't know. I don't know who could climb out of that hole um, to to because you're going to get a loss for sure from the K State Baylor loser, right? 
And so. then at the same time, I mean, even if KU was to beat Texas, it's the tiebreaker still pretty much guaranteed that it, at that point it, it would probably be TCU versus Texas. So there's a lot of interesting ways this could go. I mean, we'll 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 definitely know more after this week, but it's it's you know a lot of different a lot of different things you have to let play out. No doubt. No doubt about it. T.J. Reeves set to join us on the other side. Great conversation with him next. Stay with us. Joining us now is the one and only T.J. Reeves. You hear him on the Tempe Buccaneers radio network, also with Compass Media Networks covering college football and also the host of Three Dog Thursday with some of the best bets you need to make on the weekend. And he joins us right now just before he departs for Germany. TJ, how we doing? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. And as I joked with you just before we push the record button, this has been a crazy week. I mean, I've been around a lot of crazy weeks, but we've got the election that has gone on all over the country in the state of Florida. As we are taping this, we have Tropical Storm Nicole coming across the Sunshine State and it is a it is a big storm, not a powerful storm, Tyler, not like the hurricane was five weeks ago. Hurricane Ian that was actually smaller than this one, but, but more organized, more powerful and just devastated southwest Florida and Fort Myers. Uh, let's talk some college football now. Uh, the playoff rankings this week. And what's so interesting is TJ last week, a lot of uproar about how high Clemson was, how low TCU is. And then we get to this week's rankings. And maybe the only controversy might be that, okay, Ohio State's ahead of Michigan. Okay, one spot difference, whatever. They're going to play each other anyway. I can't remember the last time we talked about the playoff poll and didn't have controversy. Well, I mean, at this stage, because of the two losses with Alabama, because they were, they were going to potentially be the one-loss team that would maybe be in the four in front of like a TCU that would cause lots of screaming. And now you've had Clemson get knocked off. Oregon lost at the beginning of the year, even though it looks like they're going to win all things being equal to Pac-12 with only one loss and win the championship game. The fact they got blown out by Georgia, are they going to get back in the picture of the playoff? I don't know. But it is interesting, as you mentioned, Ohio State and Michigan to play at the end if they're both undefeated. Would the loser still have a playoff chance or not? Um, uh, Certainly, if Georgia runs the table, does Tennessee have an argument with the Alabama win, with a Pitt win, with an LSU at LSU win that's looking better and better as LSU gets a couple of big victories, would Tennessee have a one-loss argument? Does Oregon have a one-loss argument? Uh, you know, it, it remains to be said. Does Texas maybe mess this up? Of course, Texas has a couple of losses. Does Texas mess it up for TCU? Do they have a one-loss argument if they still go on and win the Big 12? We may have some one-loss mayhem before it is over and you got to let this thing play out and the one thing is for sure that committee loves the screaming they love the debate it fuels the sport they want controversy they love uh, jockeying the teams in that four for the college football playoff and leaving somebody out and having all the screaming they want that they it they thrive off of that so this is part of that game plan i believe well and with that said i mean everything seems fine right now but we're not far from chaos at all. I mean, does a one-loss TCU, one-loss Tennessee, one-loss right? And I mean, like, the dominoes, they're about to fall in no time here. 
It, it is true. And again, it will be cleaner if TCU can run the table and be the other team there hypothetically with the Ohio State-Michigan winner and let's say Georgia, then you just got to find the fourth team out of all the one-loss teams. But man, if TCU takes a loss this weekend and then you've got a Michigan-Ohio State loser, now, now you've got at least two teams that are going to have a loss that are going to find their way in. Again, much more screaming about who those two teams should be. So let's see how it plays out. Ole Miss is another team right now saying, hey, yes. what about us? USC, Oregon. USC, yeah. true, right. USC lost close to Utah by a point on a two-point conversion late in the game in the final minute or whatever. Uh, Ole Miss got obliterated in the second half by LSU. So that if we're parsing things, that would be up for debate. Uh, again, Oregon very much viable. If Oregon runs the table and beats USC in the championship game, let's say, I, I think that's a strong argument. If their only loss is to Georgia, that's a strong argument to have them in as well. Well, I, I think about Oregon here. You know, I love when we have these tough non-conference games. That's great. That's exciting. But, I mean, are you going to punish Oregon? Would you rather them play an FCS school that week than to take on the challenge of playing Georgia and going to Atlanta? Sure, it didn't work out for them. But, I mean – we all want to see these tough non-conference games. I mean, is that the better alternative here? I mean, what was the incentive for Oregon to schedule that game? Then? I, I think that, that it's a great point, and the committee has always looked at it uh, in college football and even in college basketball on strength of schedule and did you test yourself out of the conference, especially in the college basketball uh, you know, field of 68 when they're trying to decide on Selection Sunday. Um, but in this case – you got to give them credit because as you mentioned, they went and played a home away from home game for Georgia in Atlanta. That was, I mean, that's not a neutral that's site. A road game. Who are we kidding? That's not a neutral site. 75 to 90% of the crowd was Georgia bulldog red. So again, if that is the only loss and you've run the table since then and beaten the likes of USC uh, in the championship game, that's a strong argument for Oregon to make. And I'm not so sure those froggies, Still don't have an argument here. If they, I mean, if they beat Texas, uh, you've got to give them real consideration to be uh, in the four, even if they take a loss late in the year. A win at Texas may help them solidify that. Yeah, and down the stretch here, not going to be easy for TCU. Texas still on the schedule. Baylor still ahead. A Big Twelve title game coming up, which could be a rematch with Kansas State, who they went toe to toe with here. I mean, uh, TCU, it's. It's going to be tough going here for them to try to make this playoff these next few weeks. Well, it's a great point in the Big 12, and it's it's kind of the same point as well for Ole Miss, for example, playing Alabama this week. So they beat Alabama. Okay, great. What's, what's your reward? Your reward is you still got to play the Egg Bowl rivalry game, and you still got to win the SEC title game. Because if Ole Miss doesn't win out and has a second loss, they're not going to get in the playoff. It's Ole Miss. It's not Alabama. It's not the brand names. It's not Ohio State up at the top. So, again, I think it favors TCU to have some other teams obviously drop off where they could still have a loss, Tyler, and be in the mix here at the very end. If enough of the Clemsons or the Oregon-USC loser, you know, pick one, has a second loss like Alabama does right now, that benefits TCU to maybe only have one loss and still win the Big 12. Well, uh, we'll end on this final topic of discussion here. Let me, let, let's transition to realignment here. Uh, Big 12 got a new TV contract last week. They seem to like it, and there's a clause in there. They could get more money adding you know, Power 5 teams and such. 
And then we hear rumors, you know, Dan Patrick says that he believes that San Diego State is joining the Pac-12 this week at the time of this taping. That hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, what do you what do you make of everything right now? And, and the Gonzaga factor potentially in the Big 12 here. Uh, what, 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 what's, what's going on? What, the, how does this all unfold? The only thing we know is we're not done yet. I mean, there's going to be more. And it's probably the Big 10 that comes and raids some more West teams, if not Pac-12 teams. Yeah, so much for that friendly alliance, by the way, Tyler, with the right. ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, as somebody uh, eloquently put it in prison terms. Uh, Kevin Warren proceeds to shank George Kaliakoff, the new uh, commissioner of the Pac-12. Let me just take USC and, U- and, and UCLA, uh, shank you, and leave you to bleed out. Uh, on that, and especially if they're going to come get Oregon, it's like you're and playing Washington. the game risk, right? Yes, but if they come get Oregon and Washington, that's it for the Pac 12. I mean, so the Pac 12 better hustle up and get their deal done because the Big 12 stabilized and got their TV deal. And man, for the likes of UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati, this is quadruple the money that they've been making. They're in the, the big winners Conference. in all this, aren't yes. they? Yes, but see, they stabilized and got the deal done before the Pac 12 could. And that's where the big that's where the Big Twelve comes, uh, or that's where the Pac twelve comes into focus on. Okay, who's done rating that conference, and how many teams is it? And more than likely, you might see a Mountain West team or two, a Boise State, a, a San Diego State. I was told two or three years ago by two different people that don't know each other told me the same thing. They said, "Watch San Diego State." The two Nevada teams, UNLV and Nevada-Reno, would be a package deal, and Boise State as added members to the Pac-12. So if they are frisky, if they are looking to expand and stay alive and stay afloat, stay tuned on, because the argument was UNLV and Nevada-Reno, Nevada-Reno being like the flagship school in the university system, would be a package deal. You would get both of them. You would get a Legion Stadium where UNLV plays their games. You could get San Diego State, which would have been in proximity to USC and UCLA. Doesn't matter anymore with them going to the Big Ten. And then Boise State is obviously a worthwhile athletic department and football program that's in proximity to Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. But the Pac-12 better figure that out in a hurry because the Big the Big Ten could easily come get two or more of their schools and then they're basically finished. If that's the case. And if we could talk all about, you know, potentially them staying in name, you know, with, with the likes of Boise state, you know, San Diego state, whatever. But at the end of the day, if Oregon and Washington bolts USC and UCLA are already gone, those four corner schools, you get the opportunity to get out scot-free, just shutting down the whole league here. It doesn't mean that this league is going to be there by name here. They could, shut down the whole thing and not have to pay anything, get out. Yeah, that's crazy, but it's true right now uh, because they don't they don't have any penalty to keep them. That's what the Big 12 did with signing it away for 99 years and all the penalties. Uh, that's how they're making it happen. The Pac-12 does not have that right now. And again, if, if you are the Big 10, uh, the smarter thing for USC and UCLA is to have a couple more Western partners, at least a couple more for some of the travel. I mean, who are we kidding that you don't want to make USC and UCLA come play Rutgers and Maryland all the way in the Eastern time zone 
for a on a semi regular basis. Yes, I mean on a semi regular basis. Who are we kidding, Tyler? They would much rather have them at least have proximity to the likes of a Cal, which may be in the mix, a Washington and Oregon, some combination of two or four teams, and pair that off and call it the Big Ten West. Call it a different part of the Big Ten. We'll see. All right, TJ, uh, we got to go. Plug away where people can find you and Listen, see all your work. I always love being here with you on the Jones Report. Come find me, the Three Dog Thursday show on BetUS TV, and the Three Dog Thursday podcast is the radio uh, version of that show. We have a lot of fun on BetUS TV, the BetUS YouTube channel. We've had you on a bunch before on Three Dog Thursday. We handicap college and NFL football with the underdogs only. We're interested in that. And then, obviously, I'm part of the Buccaneers radio broadcast. We'll be in Munich. This weekend for Bucks and Seattle Seahawks. What is this going to be in Germany? Tyler, I can't wait, and I'll report back to see if the Buccaneers can get to 500 in a foreign land that's never had an NFL game before. They've had minor league pro football, but nothing like this, and it's going to be some scene. So I'll report back to you. Let's see what happens this weekend. Should be an interesting weekend. Always good to be with you, my friend. TJ, I'm, I'm still waiting to uh, my chance to redeem myself on Three Dog Thursday. I went 14-2 and two, two weeks ago. Well, we need you back on. We need those numbers. We need to bolster it. It's a date. We'll work you back in on Three Dog Thursday. Stand by for that. Let me get to Germany and back. Can I get some schnitzel? Can I can I go visit the Hofbrau house? And when I get back, we'll work on that for you with Three Dog Thursday. Okay. Let me go. Let me have another 14-win week again, and I'll be ready to go. I'll be warmed up. If you have another 14-win week, you better have your retirement plan all set up because that's that's what you do. You kick back. If you're, if you're winning that much, you ought to be able to kick back. That's your 401k, brother. You know, you the will. worst part about that, uh, I was in New Mexico for a wedding where sports gambling is legal there, <laughs> and I was so distracted by the wedding, I actually didn't put money down. I just well, that's okay. It still makes for a great story, yeah. and I still believe in you. Good to well, be like, with you, my friend. It's at least one of us. Well, somebody. TJ Reeves, joining us.